Welcome to Surrendered Heart Podcast with Reverend Adrian Chivers. He will be teaching today from a message entitled, The If Factor. This message will help you learn how to minister to yourself and others, encouraging us to elevate from a routine, present on Sunday attitude, to the level of authentic discipleship that Christ desires. The service is already in progress. Let's take a listen. This morning, I want to share, there is a word from the Lord, and I want to share uh, with you a didactic message, which is a message intended for instruction. Uh, So for those of you who have your Bibles, I pray that you would turn to the New Testament Gospel of Matthew, chapter 16, verse 24. And it reads... And Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. I want to talk to you this morning from the somatic theme of the if factor. All right, all right. Before you take your seat, I want you to look at your neighbor and say, Neighbor. The preacher is going to talk about the if factor. Thank you. You may be seated. Now, today, brothers and sisters, I want to admit that I have some serious concerns about the church. And one of the greatest concerns I have passed away in this period of my life and are seemingly similar to those that Christ dealt with during his ministry and his life here mm-hmm. on earth. Mm-hmm. And one of the problems I have, brothers and sisters, is the loose usage of the word Christian. All right. I don't have a problem with the word Christian, but I have a problem with the loose usage of it. Come on, fix it, fix it. The loose usage of it. Loose. Now, most of us do not genuinely understand what the term Christian means. And I'd like to share with you briefly this morning the definition of what the word Christian really means. I want to share what a Christian is. I'm listening, brother. A Christian, if you're listening, say amen. A Christian is a person who has received baptism. Now get this. Or, and I didn't say and, or a person Who is a believer in Christ and his teachings. Let me hit the rewind button one time. A Christian is a person who has received baptism or a believer in Christ and his teachings. Now, based upon that definition... And then when you consider the religion defined as Christianity, and Christianity is a monotheistic religion. That means we serve one God. And we recognize that this God had chosen a particular man and from that, a nation grew. Yes, sir. And from that nation growing, mm-hmm. our Lord and Savior came onto the scene. Amen. All right. Also, despite the fact that there are some 2.2 billion people who profess the fact that they are part of the Christian faith, 
I'm having a problem with the loose usage of the term Christian. And the basis of my problem, brothers and sisters, is something that you already have observed. The basis of my problem is dug in the definition that many people who go down in the water and many people who confess to be believers and there are many people who believe in this teaching but I'm concerned because there are many people who we know as Christians are at the nightclubs. There are many people who are Christians that keep Las Vegas going. You know, a lot of churches doing these Vegas trips. <laughs> and my point is, is that when the reason that I have a problem with Christian, with the word Christian is, is that being a Christian was not a top. Jesus' priority list. I'm concerned because our churches are filled with Christians. So-called ones. But our churches are not filled, Pastor, with disciples. There's a difference. There's a difference in disciple and a Christian. It doesn't take much to go to a church and then go to work the next day and say, I'm a Christian. Does it? It doesn't take much to do or be on in a church and you're on the usher board or you're a deacon or you're in the choir. But Jesus specifically said, that in our text, Jesus said, if any, any. if any man or woman Condition. Yes, sir. shall come after me. And what he gave you is a conditional clause. Yes, sir. You can show up at the church and you can even come up the aisle well, and you can join church. Well, now, in the loose usage of the word Christian, mm-hmm. you can say you're a Christian. Mm-hmm. But that does not make you a disciple. All right, all right. The point is, fix it, fix it. Jesus meant for all who believed in him to become disciples. Yes, sir. And he said to his disciples, if any man come after me, if, so all that show up, if the condition is met, and he laid out conditions for us. So when we look at our churches, there is an if factor. In our churches. Our churches are full of Christians, but we're not full of disciples. There are people who like to go to church every Sunday just to go to church and feel better about themselves. It don't have nothing to do with you doing any of the things that Christ is fixing to lay out for us here. So the word if is a condition and a challenge for each person. Amen? Amen. Y'all need to walk with me on this. Working with you. Now before we look at our text again, uh, let's set ourselves in a theological context, okay? Alright. This is New Life Baptist Church. Amen? That's what it is. Baptist. Yes, sir. And when you talk about Baptist, 
Baptist. I'm a Baptist. My wife's a Baptist. And I take that all of you are Baptists. I know that this pastor is a Baptist. And when you talk about Baptists, one thing about us is that we believe the entire infallibility of the Bible. We're not a church that takes a portion of the Bible and say we're going to concentrate on just what happened at Pentecost. We're at Pentecost. Come on, preacher. We're not going to just take and say we're going to pay attention to what the Acts of the Apostles were. We're apostolic. Right? Baptists believe entirely on everything God said in His Word. Everything. Amen? Everything. New Life Baptist Church believes the whole Bible. Am I right? Witness. Okay. I'm, I'm, that's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. Yes, sir. Every time I've been here, I haven't yes, seen anything that went contradictory to that. That's right. Now, that's not a claim that we just blindly attach to. God's word backs us up. In Paul's second letter to his protege Timothy, in chapter 2, chapter 3 rather, verse 16 and 17, he said, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for a bunch of things. Scripture actually said those things. It said it's profitable for doctrine. Doctrine. For what we believe is profitable for reproof. Profitable. To make sure that what we believe is what we believe. Right? Yes, it's profitable for correction. Yes, sir. Sometimes we go out here in the street mm-hmm. and we hear some stuff that's sort of mixed in with something else. Yeah. But we can go back to our Bible and say, nah, 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 this is what the Bible really said. Uh-huh. Right? It's profitable for correction. And for instruction yes. in righteousness. Yes, sir. Amen? Yes, sir. Why? Verse 17 said that the man of God may be complete. Complete. Thoroughly equipped for every good work. Yes, sir. Not thoroughly equipped for some good work. Yeah. Not thoroughly equipped for a few things. Yeah. But God gave this to us to thoroughly equip us. For everything. Amen? Yes, sir. And we also believe That's all right. that the Bible is God's full and total whole plan of redemption. Oh, yeah. That's right. From the beginning to the end. That's what Baptists are. Amen? Amen. Now, we recognize that From the beginning, God created sinless people. Y'all know the story of the garden. Adam and Eve broke that promise, broke fellowship with God. And everyone who came after them is born in sin. You're not going to get good fruit from a bad tree. I don't care how good it looks. Right? But God gave us grace in sending Jesus Christ. And because of Jesus Christ, we are changed from what we were when we were born to how we are now. Amen? Everybody who can recognize the change in your life from coming to Jesus, let me see. Let me see. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. So now that we've set that theological context, when we look at the text, I suggest to you that it comes on the heels, this particular text of all, comes on the heels of when Jesus asked his disciples, who do men say that I am? Yeah, yeah. And y'all know the story. Some people said he was the prophet Isaiah, some said Elijah. And Peter stepped in and said, thou art the Christ. The son of the living God. And Jesus turned to him and said, 
and blood did not reveal that to you. You didn't come up with that by yourself. Come on, come on, preacher. But from my Father that is in heaven. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We recognize that Jesus went on to tell them a few things about the future. Yes, sir. And what Jesus is really doing, you know, he, he's not so much concerned about Christians as Christ is about disciples. Now, before you take that and throw it the wrong way, recognize that the word Christian didn't even exist when Jesus talked about this. That's true. We were given that name in Antioch on Paul's missionary journey. That's what other people called the people who followed Jesus. They called us Christians. Right? People of the world called us that. Now we ain't mad at that because I don't mind identifying with the title that has my Lord and Savior's name in it. Do you? I, I, don't, I don't mind that. The problem I'm having is that too many of us who attest to being with Christ, but we won't follow Him as a disciple. So our churches are full of people like that, but not people who are following as disciples. And that's what church is. Church is, is for those who are going to follow and do what Jesus said. That's right. That's right. So Jesus, he laid it out. That's right. We recognize in the pre pre preceding verses to our text that Jesus tells his disciples that he's going to go to Jerusalem That's right. and be scourged and crucified. That's right. And what Jesus is really doing is teaching them about the gospel of the cross before it happens. That's right. Because Jesus knows that he came here to be the sacrifice for us to be here today. He knew that before it happened. He knew he was sitting here for that reason. Amen? He knew it. So he has these chosen men. He's got these chosen men. And he knows that they are going to be the ones to establish the church. The same church we're in today, it was their duty to establish it. So he's given them a little insight about the gospel of the cross before it happens. When he tells them this. Now, Christ is not concerned about those who are going down in the water as a dry devil. And coming up as a wet one. What you say? He, he's not concerned about that. And he's not so much concerned about walking around with a Bible under your arm. Talking about believing in him and his teaching. As much as he is concerned about people who know him. Know him. Who know him. Yes, yes, yes. There is an if factor that is preventing the church from being effective. Well, talk about it. If. Come on. That's it. We have a choice to be a Christian and just take on the worldly name or actually be a disciple that listens to all the red letters that Jesus told us. To recognize the history of how Jesus got here. My Lord, my Lord. And him being the son of God, the God that sent Jesus. Yeah. A disciple is going to take it wholeheartedly mm. and work it into his life on a daily basis. Mm. Recognize and be thankful. Mm. Church is full of Christians, people who put on the tag. But we're not full of disciples. God gives through, the, through His Word. Gives instruction to women. Instruction to men. Instruction to children. Jesus comes back and backs it up with what men should do. Women should do. Children should do. As long as we come to church on Sunday, we feel good enough about ourselves to say we're Christians. 
And the problem is, is that's okay. It won't let the church be effective for what God meant. It's not effective enough for why Jesus died for us. I mean, He died. He bled. We're saved by His blood. We got to get it in our head. We got to get it. You declare that in our church can't grow because the devil is busy. You know how we say, oh girl, stuff that didn't happen right. Stuff happened in church. Girl, yeah, the devil is busy. What you say? Well, who does the devil use to get busy? I'm just saying. Who does he use? What do you say? The devil ain't no more busier than the people who allow him to influence them. One thing for sure, the devil is not omnipresent. He can't be everywhere at once. Like God can. Like Jesus can. Like the Holy Spirit can. And this is a newsflash. There shouldn't be a newsflash. When you became a Christian, God sent the Holy Spirit to come in you and dwell with you. So for you to give in and be busy for the devil... You have to almost be stuffing the Holy Spirit down and choking him. Because he lives in you to constantly beckon you to do the right thing. Remember the scriptures, Bible study more. There's a purpose to it. The if factor is keeping the church from being ineffective. Keeping them ineffective. Our church won't grow. Because we're ineffective. The if factor. We can't do ministries. The effect. Jesus says, I need some folk who are not interested in just being identified as Christians. He says, I need some folk who are not necessarily identified as based on religion. He says, I need some folk who are identified and based on relationships. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Jesus wants to know you personally. Okay, let's take a look. You know what? Yes, sir. I don't know nothing save Jesus Christ. That's it. That's it. And not because I had to come up with it, because his word says it. Let me, I'll give you an example. All right, talk about it. He says, I want some folk to know me for who I am. Yeah. Let me give you an example. Matthew chapter 7. Verse 22 and 23. All right now. And the preachers know it, deacons know it, but let me just read it. Is that all right? Help yourself. Jesus said, you know, the one that died and bled for us, that we can be who we are today. Here's what he said. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord. What you say? Have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not cast out demons in your name? Have we not worked wonders in your name? In other words, Lord, Lord. Did we not go to church? Did we not be on the choir? Did we not be a usher? Did we not? Lord! But Jesus said, not me, but him. Jesus said, I never knew you. Well, Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. The point is, being a Christian and not following the Lord don't get you nowhere. You're just fulfilling what you need to fulfill that you can keep yourself from being a disciple. Huh? Don't get mad at me. Don't kill the messenger. This is what Jesus said. When they told him, didn't we do this and didn't we do that? Didn't I go to school? Didn't I preach? Didn't I do this stuff here? Didn't people... You know what? God is not impressed with that. We got to follow Jesus. I mean, follow Him closely. We're so comfortable because our churches have been so weakened until us just showing up is enough and we're Christian and we put the jacket on and we ain't a bit more effective enough to make any change happen in the world that God is using us to change. I'm just saying. I ain't mad at nobody, but I'm just... 
you know. Jesus said it. Right? He said, I never knew you. Depart from me. So anybody you know who thinks that just being called a Christian and having a choir robe on one arm and a Bible on his arm on the other, that's not enough. He wants to meet you in prayer. That's how he gets to know you. He wants to meet you at times when you're sitting down and you're Bible studying. That's how he wants to get to know you. He don't know you otherwise. Because you're saying, Lord, accept the stuff that I did without me having a relationship with you. We can't hold that stuff up to him as if he has to accept that. Jesus Christ on Calvary was too high for us just to do that and say, well, look, I was at church in four days and was here. We, we're not going to insult our God like that and our Savior, are we? I'm just asking. Okay. Brothers and sisters, I got three things to, to draw from this from this text, and I'm going to get out your way. Now we recognize when he used the word if. We're looking at our text. We're back on Matthew 16, 24. The first word he used was what? First word he used was first word he used was I'm just making sure ain't nobody went to sleep on me. He used if. Now, again, this is Jesus talking. Right? And he's, he's, he's disseminating some important information to these chosen ones who stood in our place before we got here. And he's giving some information that's going to last throughout time. Right? So he begins his discussion with them and he says unto them, if. And he uses if to allow them to understand there's a condition. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Not just them. Yes. Us too. Yes. There's a condition. Yes. There's a condition. We say we Christians, okay, you can put the jacket on, but that don't make you a Christian. You can be a Christian and that's what the world called us. But I thought all of us were baptized and followed Christ. Because we were aiming to be a disciple from day one. Is that right? I'm just asking. Was that right? Yeah. From day one, we were actually shooting at being a disciple, Pastor Jones. Right? Okay. So, it indicates that there is something that must be overcome so one can go beyond the if condition and to be an individual disciple. Disciple, right? So, here's a condition. And Jesus says, if. Now we're standing before the big if, and we got to get over the if fence, right? we got to get over this fence. So, Jesus tells us what to do to be over the fence. To not just call ourselves a, a, a Christian, because this world gave us that, that title. And it sounds good enough to everybody to just wear it. Right? But, in our text, he says, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Now what does that mean? And the first thing this statement is, is that a believer must release self. Deny himself means release self. Let it go. Let yourself go unto him. Right? And in the next verse he says, For if anyone desires to save his life, he's going to lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And it simply means that if you don't get over this if fence and follow my instruction, and give yourself away. Mm-hmm. If you don't do that, you're going to be like
like everybody else who loses your life at the end of the road. Thinking that you can just come up and call yourself to be a Christian and that means you got everlasting life. No, I think the Lord had a few things He wanted you to do to actually be His, to actually be in contact with Him, to when you go to prayer, He actually knows who you are and the things that you go through in life, that you're going through those things in life because He's using them to shape you and make you better. You mean you're not even going to allow Him to do it? But you're a Christian. Now understand, the 12 men that were with Jesus, they were functioning under a misguided thinking that Christ came to set up a temporal kingdom. That's right. Right? That's right. They thought he was coming to set up a kingdom here on earth. Right then. Right then. Jesus tells his disciples, I'm going to go in Jerusalem. I'm going to be scourged by these people. I'm going to be killed. Crucified. Crucified. Peter jumps up and takes him to the side. He said, hey man, you can't be saying that to them. You got... He tried to... <laughs> he tried to scold Jesus because he's messing up my worldly plan. Yeah, Jones. Look, he, he, I'm saying the Bible says it. Y'all know I'm not making this up. He got up and tried to scold Jesus. I'm gonna be telling the men that you know, you know, come on, now, this ain't gonna happen to you. Jesus told him, "Get behind me, Satan." Because you're just thinking about the things of men. You can't see the spiritual things. So Jesus tells them that you have to give yourself away. If you try to save yourself, be just a little bit of a Christian, but I'm really going to watch out for myself over here, one foot over and one foot not means you're not a believer. I'm just saying, this is not hopscotch. You can't, I'm really here, but my toe is over here. You understand? That's what we indulge in as Christians, and that's why the church is full of them. But the church needs to be full of disciples that's going to follow what Jesus said all the way. All the way. Now, Most of you have been through things in your life that you know Jesus is real now, don't you? Huh? We might have started out thinking, well, I know church is good and when I go I feel better. Right? But when you got in some dire need and some dire pain and you fell down on your knees and cried out to Jesus and he came through right you knew it was more than just this it was this right you know now the Holy Spirit is helping you remember the things that you've been through to know that you can follow him all the way that's why you're here and a lot of people in new life is not here Now, more people would be here if this was a different kind of pastor. If he was just after money, 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 and he was just after every little thing he can do, you'd get some more people in here. But since he's a pastor with the heart of God, y'all here. Now, there are more people out there like you who are looking for somewhere to come to and you are going to be the influence to do it. But you've got to be willing to give totally of yourself. Give yourself away. Stop fooling with what you already know better than. Amen? The if factor is affecting the churches, y'all. 
We more worried about what color the robes are. How much money we going to raise. And who's going to be in charge of this or that. My Lord. Factions in the church. Paul talked about it in the first uh, letter to the Corinthians. Factions in the church. This group versus this group. Typical. Typical. Right? But the fact is, is that we need to understand that God is the one who's in charge. And if we let God, then God will take the church to another level. But those of you who are sure that you're standing on God's side, don't worry about who ain't here. God is God. And He can do what the church and do the miracles right in front of you the way He did for the Israelites back in Egypt. He can put ten plagues on them and cross them over the Red Sea on dry land. Yes, He can. And He can do that now because you already know from the last couple of things that happened to you. Don't you know it? Don't you know it? You know it. You already know it. The next thing Jesus said, and I'm going to hurry on, Pastor. First thing he said was, deny yourself. And that means give yourself away. The next thing he said was, take up his cross. Take up your cross. And that means simply receive servitude. Be a servant. Why is it important to be a servant? I don't know about you, but when I just think about what Jesus done for me, and if you just take a moment, it ain't going to take you long, you think about what Jesus did for you, you do more than agree with him, don't you? You say, I agree with you, Jesus, for saving me. Agree nothing. Lord, I am your servant for saving me. Lord, I would not be living if it wasn't for you. You can be a walking dead right now, but you are a walking living person, and it ain't got nothing to do with money. I'd rather live like I live right now with a menial job but have peace of God in me versus making money and living hell all my life every day. You got peace of God in you right now. Why, why can't you be a servant to the Lord? Now here's the, here's the clicker. Here's the kick. The kick is if you believe that you got to tell people in your own environment about that. Well, These so-called Christians who are using it just as a place to come and feel better, but last night they was in the club dropping it like it's hot. You understand? Y'all know them people. Now come on. We all got some of those in our life. Right? Who is it that's supposed to tell them? You got to bring them to church to tell them that? I don't think so. He uses each one of you to be the sounding board for him. But you got to be willing to be a servant. I ain't telling her nothing. I know she's my friend, but shoot, I ain't going to do all of that. Oh, okay, so let me see. Jesus dying, and you not willing. I'm trying to see how that works. How does that match? I'm, I'm saying, just common sense don't, don't buy that, does it? No. Common sense. And God gave you more than common sense. You know what the more He gave you than common sense? The God, the Holy Spirit. He's in you. He's with you. How long? Forever. That's what the Bible said. Jesus said He will be with you and in you. Is the Holy Spirit in you? Who's had enough of going through things and you were brought out by the Holy Spirit? Now the the way that you know is you go through something and feelings want to tell you, I don't feel that, I just want to do what I feel. But then you fail miserably. And you might have three, four times of that before you say, well, you know what, the Spirit is telling me, I'm going to just go do what God said. And then it come out right. 
You've had your own times of going through that. Each of us, right? And the Holy Spirit has proven to be right every time because He's God. In your life, right? In your life. I'm moving on, Pastor. Oh, bless the Lord. Because Jesus said, For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and have everything go your way down here and you lose your soul? Picking between what I feel like or not. Man, don't let feelings rule your life. Jeremiah 9, 17 or 17, 9 and 10 says the heart is deceitfully wicked. Who can trust it? The Bible says it, not me. So you can't let feelings just all your decisions be on what you felt like. You know what? You have a... we're, We're all living in a body and we're glad to have this body, right? Because it allows us to move and have our being. Right? But God never meant for you to let the body run the show. He meant... For the Holy Spirit and you to choose to do the right thing so God gets His bidding done. Mm-hmm. If that thing gets twisted, it's going to take you for a ride. <laughs> a ride that ain't never came out good for you. And it never will. Uh, up. It never will. What well, Jesus inferred when He said to take up your cross, Jesus is actually saying to them that what you need to understand is just as Jesus bore the cross of Calvary, you have a cross of servitude to bear. Come on. Fix it. Fix it. I'm just saying. Every believer. Fix it. It's the if factor. Yeah. If you'll do it. Yeah. That's the fence you got to get over. Yeah, you have one. You got to get over that fence. You got to bear some of the cross. Now, we frequently talk about how Jesus died. But we seldom mention... Simon of Serene. And for y'all who don't know Simon of Serene, because some of you do, he was the one as Jesus went up to Calvary, and Jesus felt so weak he couldn't carry it no more, he was the one that was pressured to pick up the cross and carry it for Jesus. Right? We all have an individual calling on our life to pick up and bear the cross bear ourselves bear because Jesus needs it. And that should be good enough excuse or reason rather. Jesus needs it. He can't carry it because he's not here. But Jesus said, give yourself away. Right? Deny yourself. Give yourself away and bear this cross. Yes, sir. Pick up the cross, because each one of us have one. Yeah. The things that we go through individually. We all got individual stuff, and don't nobody know all our stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can be tight with Sister such and such, but you ain't told her everything. <laughs> right? Amen. But your God knows. Jesus knows. Because in prayer, you're going to Him about the things you ain't told nobody else. Amen? So he, he wants relationship. Yes. And if you're that close where you can tell Jesus the things you don't tell nobody else in the world, then I think you want to be his disciple and follow him because his blessings for you is unlimited. Blessings that are due to us as disciples. Oh, bless his name. Right? Yeah. In the end, we all make out Way better than we could have if we chose to go our own way. Right? Right? We recognize that even then, when you get to a point and you can't, you're in this thing and you can't do it, He gives you the strength to bear it and get through it. Then you look back and say, Whew! Couldn't have made that without Jesus. Then we might have a time we get back in the same thing and feelings come take over and make the choice and then you got to suffer through that. We well, say, you know what? 
that didn't work for me. Next thing come along, you choose the right thing, and you've reproven Jesus again. Right? All y'all know already. So he's expecting you to know and walk the way that a disciple would. Not just anybody comes in and say, hey, I'm a Christian. I went to, you know, sometimes they can name the church. When the last time you went? Um, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, what's the pastor's name? Well, I don't know his name, but I know back, you know, in the 70s, it was such and such. Oh, you're going to tell me about 40 years ago? Lord have mercy. Okay, here we go. And Jesus went on in the, in, the, in the last of this scripture, of this text. First thing he said is, deny yourself. Deny yourself. Then he said, take up his cross. And finally he says, follow me. Right? And follow me means we need to rehearse submission. Yes. Not just have a thinking attitude of submission in your head, well, well. but rehearse it through your everyday life. Because right. a lot of us, we Christians and we do stuff, but we ain't got no rehearsing of submission in our lives. And there's too many of us who are disciples that keep skinning their knee with that part. What I'm just saying, we we skin our knee constantly because we don't want to submit on everything. We've been doing enough for so long. Shoot, that's enough. I I don't think so. That ain't enough. You need to rehearse submission. And what does that mean? Every day in your everyday life. Where you know, because Holy Spirit going to remind you of it. Yes, it you is. can best believe he's doing his job, right? He's going to remind you of, okay, you got a little problem with this? Okay, uh-huh, uh-huh. submit and get that to me. Don't deal yeah, with that yourself. Yeah, yeah. Where you come from, you a macaroni from the old yes, days, and I yeah. know I can really tell them yeah. all. I can yeah. really tell them how I yeah. used to. Yeah. They just don't know me. Yeah, that part right there. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Hey, submit. Say, okay. I heard it said that mess. Okay, I'm going to let that go. Lord, take that one from me. Submit it. You so used to not letting nobody get away with nothing when they said something to you, you better get off of that because you ain't submitting to God. Sometimes it's coming from another person that you know who claims to be a Christian. And here he comes saying stuff to you he should not have said. That's right. You shut up and let him get out and you get out the way and let God deal with that. You think Jesus didn't hear it? You think God didn't hear it? But you forgot He's everywhere at once? There's no closet you can go in and He's not there. Right? Submission. Submission. On everything. Everything. Stop being so much me first. Because what you're doing is, Holy Spirit saying, okay, let God have that one. No, you ain't got to say nothing. Right? You're saying, well, shoot. Uh Uh-uh, because I can't let her get away with that. Oh, really? Oh, you can't, huh? Okay. Well, you make your choice to go ahead, because usually once you go in there, you didn't you didn't change what it's going to turn out to be, and they might miss the the, the message because you went and turned it left when God said, "Let me have it." He's going to go straight with it. You ain't submitting on a daily basis. Now, how many of those do you have in a day? Maybe ten every day. So you can't be walking like a disciple on Sunday and then. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You back just being a Christian. (laughs) Now, I'm not saying being a Christian is wrong. I'm saying we are Christians, right? right, But that's what the world calls us. In the church, we need disciples. Everybody. We need to be disciples. We need to go home and check ourselves. Get in prayer and ask the Lord to put us where we should be. Yeah. We, we, we got to ask Him in prayer. Yeah. Right? We got to ask Him in prayer. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Finally, I just want to say, we don't need to go around boasting that we are Christians, but we need to be Jesus' disciples. We, we discussed a few things up here this morning, didn't we? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I pray that everybody really understands the difference. 
And since you know Jesus is with you and sees all every day, don't you want him to be proud of you, how you're handling your day-to-day in and day-out situations? Don't you want to be a disciple by deed and not just claim it with your lips? You want to be a disciple. You want to show Jesus that you love him for what he did. You want to thank God that the whole plan of redemption has taken on you. He planned it from the beginning. Yes. And as first as as the first chapter of Ephesians says on verse five, Pastor, yes, he did it right yes. by the good pleasure of his the will. will. <laughs> by the good pleasure of his will. Yes, right. New life. Make your adjustments. Go forward with your pastor and allow God to run the show. God bless you. Thank you for listening and spending time with us in God's Word. Every Christian should desire to be a disciple of Christ. Let us consider the things and people we need to let go of and the worldly habits we need to release. Send us an email and let us know any questions or comments you might have about the next step to gain Christ and draw closer to Him than ever before. Share with us any struggles this message might have helped you with. Tell us what we should pray about on your behalf. Visit us at surrenderedheartministry.com and subscribe with us at the bottom of the homepage and receive sermons, Bible studies, and messages on important subjects directly in your inbox. At Surrendered Heart Ministry, we encourage you to surrender your heart to God. Our mission is to provide Bible basics to help everyone understand what the Bible is about in order to have a relationship with God. We look forward to hearing from you soon. God bless.